What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, we've got a special episode for you guys because you've been hearing a lot of classic episodes over the last several weeks. Well, now we have a classic pay-per-view for you, but this time it is live and in color, baby. That's right. We are here. We are actually doing a recent one that has been recorded for you guys in honor of NXT in your house. We'll get to that that in just a moment. Before I make the announcement of what we're getting into, although you probably have an idea by the song I played, I gotta bring the man who is joining me for this very special segment. And the good news is he ain't broke. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, he is <laughs> an indie wrestling manager who works up and down the East Coast. Uh, he had an album coming out. I think they got rid of that. Um, we have a cartoon. It's still in our heads. We don't know when the fuck we're ever gonna make that damn thing. But he is here for the classic pay-per-view review. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, Gator Ricky Ross. R, Mr. Boochirelli, R. There once was a girl who made a turd on the bed, and her name was Amber Heard. She made stuff up to bring Johnny down, so off to court they go. Soon may the verdict come that Amber lied out her bum. We'll drink a mega pint of wrong when they let Johnny go. I'm a pirate, Mr. Boochirelli. Apparently so. Oh, God, that was so beautiful. Oh, my God. It wasn't enough to store the bed. She cut off his finger and bashed his head on the door, and yet she still said she would never hurt him so. Soon may the verdict come that Amber lied out her bum. We'll drink a mega pint of rum when they let Donnie go. Please tell me you have this written down. Yes. We are so making that a sea shanty for the Booch Cast. We're doing that. We are putting that as its own song. We're going to get some pirate music in the background. We're doing this shit. I love that. I love that. So, Gator, I guess it's safe to say you're excited uh, not only for that verdict, but also for the pay-per-view we're about to get into. Yes, final verse. So who did win and who did lose? The jury's verdict has come in. To no surprise, it's always been the lawyers making dough. Soon, maybe. Oh, it was beautiful. That was beautiful. That was a perfect start. I'm, 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 I'm so happy, Mr. Boudreaux. I'm so happy. I'm a pirate. <laughs> yes. And, I'm a uh, damn pirate. And it's actually kind of funny and ironic that uh, Gator is singing that particular song because uh, those two people, I guess you could say, had bad blood with each other. And um, right? Yes. And it's very apropos because, ladies and gentlemen, we're doing something special here on the Boochcast that we call the classic pay-per-view review. And how this works is myself and the one and only Gator Ricky Ross, we take a look back. <laughs> at classic pay-per-views from yesteryear, whether it be WWE, WCW, or ECW. And we look at them from the perspective of not just two men who are huge fans of professional wrestling, but also from the perspective of two men who work in the business. Gator is, of course, a wrestler, a manager. He's been a referee. He's been an announcer. He's popped the popcorn. He trains people. He's pretty much got the indie he's scene a, He's covered. injured. <laughs> and he's injured. He's, so he's, he's pretty much got the indie scene covered. Um, and, of course, you guys know me. I've done, I've done the commentary. I've done the ring announcing i have chauffeured wrestlers i have you know hung posters done street teamwork popped the popcorn i've pretty much done actually i haven't popped the popcorn but i pretty much 
got the whole indie scene covered. And of course, uh, if you guys saw the uh, GCW uh, Spring Break clusterfuck a while back, the part two, hosted by Joey Janela, you know that I finally got a managerial debut. As and Vincenzo- I'm so proud. Yes, thank you. As absolutely. As Vincenzo the Butler. And I'm happy to announce we're in talks about getting Vincenzo the Butler a few more gigs. So um, I've got time yes. to work yes. this gimmick. Yes, all hail. All hail Vincenzo. Yes. It, that, that just gave it away. Anyway. <laughs> Yes. Did they kind of give it away? Hey, not, not really, not exactly. But um, or do you have to be in the business to realize, to realize, or or be a mega fan to realize what I just said? Oh, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna figure that out. But uh, just pretty soon they're gonna see it, clean and pristine. Vincenzo the Butler V. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> Yes. All right. Confession time here on the Bootscast. Gator gave me the clean and pristine line. So he's given me a hundred. So that's the best I could do. Okay. Yes. 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 So that is that is true. That is true. I, We've I, given each other lines. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Let's break a little kayfabe. We've yeah. given each other. But you know what? That's what that's what people in the in the in the business do. Whether it's wrestling, whether it's comedy or whatever. You know, sometimes you know other people in the business feed ideas and bounce ideas off each other, and you know help people develop their gimmicks. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's a team effort. You know. So. Uh, uh, we got right here, uh, Bad Blood in Your House is what we're going to yeah. be doing. So I have my Sprite. I have my notes. Let's get into this. Absolutely. It took place on October 5th, 1997 in St. Louis, Missouri at the Keel Center. 21,151 people in attendance, a $240,000 buy rate. And, of course, you know, we had on commentary, Israel Man, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler. We had Carlos Cabrera, Tito Santana, Raymond Raju, Jean Bassard. The interviewers were Michael Cole, Doc Hendricks, who we all know by a different name, don't we? Oh, yes, he is free as a bird now. And of course, we got Howard Finkel. So of course, we have as the referees, Tim White, Jim Corderas, Earl Hebner, and Mike Kyoto. And can I just say real quick before we get into this pay-per-view that I was so glad to finally have a breath of fresh air to see referees who know what the fuck they're doing. Yes, I know. We watched AEW before yes. this. So, anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Now, the big major thing about this was, of course... Talking to you, Aubrey Edwards. Yes. So, of course... Of course, one Dumb of the biggest bitch. moments about this is the fact that this was the debut, and this is why we chose this particular one for this week, is because no, recently... There's two historical things here. You know that, right? Yes, two historical things. I'm getting into them right now. First is, this is the first ever Hell in a Cell match took place here. Okay, there's Hell in a Cell three interview. historical things here. Yes, and which pitted The Undertaker against Shawn Michaels. And then, of course, uh, this was also, earlier that day, Brian Pillman, and they mentioned this throughout the entire pay-per-view, that's why we're bringing it up now. Oh! historical things here. Brian Pillman died in his hotel room from a heart attack earlier that afternoon. He was supposed to you, compete. You, mi- you missed one earlier when you were talking about the commentary. Yes, and was supposed to compete on this pay-per-view. So Brian Pillman was supposed to be on the show, and he had not shown Co- the building. Co- correct, correct, now, correct. Now, another historical moment here. This is also the last time Vince McMahon would do commentary for a pay-per-view. That was the one I was going to go with, but go ahead. Yes, because the Montreal Screwjob happened the following month, and that's when he became Mr. McMahon, the heel boss. So The character that we all know and fucking hate. Yes. So what was the other thing you were referring to? That was it. Well, there was that. You said there was another one. Well, oh, the debut of, of Kane. Oh, yes. The debut of Kane. Yes. Kane also debuted at this pay-per-view. So these were the four historical moments that took place. That being said, we're going to jump in here right now, ladies and gentlemen. We forgot about that one. Anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah. Even though that's the most important one in this entire this whole show, let's be honest, this whole show is centered around one match. And that one match was centered around one debut. Correct. Because Undertaker said in a um interview on the Broken Skull Sessions, the whole Hell in a Cell was designed for Kane to rip that door yeah. off and come inside and you know do what he did to the Undertaker, which I know we're kind of jumping ahead, but yeah, we'll get to we'll, we'll get trust me, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get into more detail about that, but first we got to kick things off with our first official match of the evening. We got ourselves a three-on-two handicap match. The Nation of Domination versus the Legion of Doom. So originally this was supposed to be the Legion of Doom and Ken Shamrock. Yes. And Ken Shamrock was bleeding internally or something. Yeah, they were doing this thing where if he got hit too hard or something, he would bleed internally. Like, he did that a lot. I, d- I don't fucking know. This was okay. I mean, it was a decent way to start, but this entire show was fucking tag matches. Most of them, yeah. All but two matches on this entire show are tag matches. Yeah, and it is kind of weird because it's weird to see The Rock before being The Rock. Yeah, and also, not only that, he's getting his ass kicked by Animal and Hawk. True, very true. And it was also like, it was a very, very good match. Like, very solid wrestling in here. Um, Of course, Animal and Hawk doing what Animal and Hawk always do. It's very basic, but you can't have anything any flashier with the the Road Warriors because they're the fucking Road Warriors. Yeah, they're gonna go in there and they're all about you know, getting their shit in in a good way. And Vinny and I both know what happens when you try to get your shit in the bad way. <laughs> We've seen the bad way. We've seen it. You don't want it. So the crowd was, you know, constantly chanting Rocky sucks throughout this entire match. And of course, uh, you know, Animal eventually getting in, you know, coming in like a house of fire and everything. And then Hawk doing his thing. Like it was very much, it was a basic three on two handicap match. And in the end, um, you know, Farouk caused a distraction. Kama kicks Hawk in the back of the head. Rock nails the the rock bottom and gets the win. This was so the structure of this again, as Vinny said, was that, and it was all because the fact that it's that beat 'em up style of the Road Warriors who can't do anything else. Exactly. So they pretty much had to do what they had to do, but as far as technical wrestling goes, it was mostly Rocky and D'Lo doing that. Yeah. yeah. And so on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. Now, this was one of the matches that was brought in as filler due to Brian Pillman's death. He was supposed to face Dude Love. That was the original match. Brian Pillman versus Dude Love. So instead, we get a regular tag team match. (laughs) Mosaic and Tarantula versus Max Mini and Nova. I feel like this match fell a little bit short. I mean, there are a lot of critics who think little of this. I, I'm just saying there should have been more violence. Uh, may we may we talk about the elephant in the room? Please do. Okay. The special guest ring announcer for this was one who, Vinny? Sonny. And here's the thing I want to say about Sonny. Obviously, as a manager, as a valet, she was good, very good at her job. That being said. Hell, she wasn't bad at her job in the porn industry. I mean, from what I've seen. Yeah. But but the thing is, ring announcing's not really her thing. I'm sorry, she was never good at it. Like, her voice no. is not meant for ring announcing. No, Helen Keller could have been a better ring announcer than Sonny. Yeah, exactly. It was just, it's bad. It's bad. It, it, it's bad. Yeah. It's, it's bad. So that being Zach, said... Zach could have done better horse with half a leg... Half an ear and no eye. Exactly. But anyway, thing is here. So now she does the ring announcing, and then we get to the match. And it's it's midget wrestling. If we're not clear by the <laughs> short joke. 
Yes, this is a midget wrestling tag team match, and Mexican midget. I I have to say this, and I'm y'all. Some of y'all are gonna be offended by this. I don't give a fuck. I call it like I see it. Yeah, go ahead. As decent as the wrestling was, am I the only one that found it fucking hilarious? Whenever no. they would run across the ring, no, because no, because that little leg was kicking. It's like it's hard not to laugh when they're trying to do an Irish whip and they're going to the corners like their legs, little legs are kicking. I you know what? You know what music should have been playing. You know what music should have been playing. What the the music from every time they ran, the music from the Wizard of Oz. Dan, 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 dan. No, it should have been like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> But yeah, but outside of that, it was pretty good. You know, mostly they were doing, they were doing a few, you know, it was all lucha shit. Like Tarantula dropped uh, Max Mini onto the announce table and Jerry's poking and laughing at him. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler was laughing like I laugh at inappropriate shit. And he behaved inappropriately like you would. He did. He laughed like I did when I realized that Frozen was basically Arendelle adjacent. Yes, exactly. And then, of course, um, uh, there was another, an, 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 and then they said this, and I found this interesting that I didn't know before. According to Mexican wrestling, yes. if one partner is out of the ring, the if other partner, partner is allowed in the ring. Out, with the Lucha rules, I know exactly where you're going with this. Uh, Lucha rules state that you do not have to tap. If your partner slides out of the ring or goes out of the ring, you are automatically the legal man. That's fucking weird. It, that's the Lucha Libre. See, here's the other thing, too. Are you familiar with original Lucha Libre rules? No, I'm not. That's one of them. And secondly, all matches are set to three falls. That's two out of three falls. Every match? Every Lucha Libre match and traditional Lucha Libre. Now, when AAA started doing their thing, they went to one fall. But CMLL still does traditional Lucha Libre. Libre with what they call Trace Caras, something like that. I don't know. Mexicans, help me out on this one with the, with the actual pronunciations. But yeah, it goes to three falls. I see. And I only know this because I've, I've been to Mexico. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say Max did a terrible crossbody and Tarantula falling back was completely fake. It didn't look good, children. It did yeah. not look good. This whole thing looked like shit. But again, it was flippy mexican shit. So, I mean, it was something for the kids. And I don't know if this was a botch or not, but Max got the pinfall victory despite Mosaic clearly breaking up the pin. Okay, that was, hey, we got to get this done. So that was not a botch from the ref? No, I think it was just, hey, we got to get this done. See, but the funny thing is, is there's some spots in the rest of this show where you think that something ran short that, you know, because they're really elongating some of these other matches, and I'll get to that when we get there. But the only match that really fell short was this one. Literally and so pun intended? Yeah. All right. So uh, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the WWE Tag Team Titles. The Headbangers defend the titles against the Godwins with Uncle Cletus. Uncle Cletus. Okay. So to all my uh, Smoky Mountain brothers and sisters, Uncle Cletus is the dirty white boy. Say what now? Uncle Cletus is the dirty white boy from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Okay. Uh, well, for the listeners out there, who was the dirty white boy and why should we care? Tony Anthony, the dirty 
white boy was in one of Smoky Mountain's greatest fucking rivalries all over burning the rebel flag. Oh my god. Does that explain why they came out with the rebel flag at this pay-per-view? Well, yeah, because that's what they that's this was a different time. You got to remember, they're not thinking about it as a racial thing. They're thinking about it as this is my gimmick. I got to get this shit over. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about most also about Vince. Like he would let that on his program? Mr. Bridgerton, Mr. Bridgerton, this was a different time. This is before the liberals lost their minds. I know. I understand that. Like I said, I'm all for using it before it stood for other things. Even though it still doesn't stand for other things. But anyway, I'm not going to get my own personal feelings hurt. Yeah, but I'm just saying that I understand it being used for for entertainment. I have no problem with that, personally. But I know other people did, so I'm surprised that made it in there. I mean, I know it's the Attitude Era, but still, I was like, eh, but okay. Well, that's what that entire story line was about in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. It was about Tracy Smothers and his his grandfather's Confederate flag that was passed down from generation to generation. And it was burned by the dirty white boy and his dirty antics. And things were done terribly. And his manager, who was in a wheelchair, who really wasn't in a wheelchair. I mean, he was in a wheelchair, but not for real, like he would stand up. Ron White. And they would, they were, he was, they were dirty. And then the clan showed up at the fucking show for the blow-off match. God. Yeah, no bullshit. Nah, I believe it. The clan showed up and told Tracy's mothers, if you don't take care of that flag burning son of a bitch, we will. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, um, uh, well, I found interesting about the actual match itself. Uh, Thrasher botched a Hurricanrana. I don't know if you caught that. That scared the shit out of me. I don't know how you felt watching that, but when he did it, it made me go, oh, my back. Oh, yeah. That was scary. Oh, my neck. Oh, my back. It was that, it was that song, my neck, my back, and I'm just going, ow, ow, my crack. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, the God Godwin's getting control, and I think at one point, like, they were trying to do, I think, like, King was trying to do this thing where he was, like, making fun of the Godwins, like, saying, you know, if you get odor readers as a Christmas present, you might be a Godwin, you know? Yeah, it was basically the, uh, you might be a redneck. Yeah, if you drove to elementary school, you might be a Godwin. If if your dog and your wallet are on the same chain, you might be a Godwin. If you've ever roasted marshmallows at a cross burning, you might be a Godwin. Oh, my God, (laughs) no. If you've ever said the South shall rise again after taking up Viagra, you might be a Godwin. If, if you've ever took the motor in the back of the yard and moved it to the front of the yard, you might be a Godwin. And if you've ever bought a ticket to see Xbox Live, you might be a Godwin. By the way, the first two were in the pay-per-view. The rest of those, we totally just made that shit up. No, we didn't. Some of those were stolen from uh, Jeff Foxworth. <laughs> okay, well, yours were. Mine were legit. Like I You might have made yours up, but I, 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 I did take mine. Roasted yeah. marshmallows at a cross burning to the South shall rise again while taking a Viagra. Um, That's fucking hilarious. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you think Amber Heard is a flock of cattle, you might be a good <laughs> That one's mine. <laughs> All right. uh, if so- you think shit the bed is what Amber Heard did last night, you might be a guy. I'm here all week. Fuck that bitch. Anyway. So, of course, uh, Phineas nails a sit-down powerbomb while catching Mosh in midair to get the victory. They then we, beat... I would like to also point out, uh, in later pay-per-views, we're going to see Phineas again as Midian. Oh, that's right. How about that? Yes. Yeah. Eventually, we do see him as Midian. And then, of course... Uh... Because here's the funny thing about the God. Here's the gimmick. Henry O. Godwin. Hog. Phineas I. Godwin. Pig. I just now got that. I just now fucking got that. They're, they're hog farmers. That's the gimmick. And Uncle Cletus. 
this. Oh my god. And of course, they beat down the headbangers, but they're then told they don't leave the ring. They'll be stripped of their tag team titles. So eventually they finally leave because they want to keep their... Yes. They become the new tag team champions. New. After what was an insane... This thing... This th- Okay, it wasn't bad, but it was like... It was a little all over the place. Oh yeah. And- it loses itself at some points, but it, it's it's entertaining. I mean, it's entertaining. that Those two gimmicks are like... Are so far apart from me with each other at work. Exactly. And then, of course, after this, we have a brief uh, intermission here with a legend ceremony was held next to honor some of the legends of St. Louis wrestling. Yes, let's have all the fans awkwardly clap for people they don't know. Yes, nobody knows who they are. Well, there was no pop. I mean, there was a little bit for Terry Funk and some of these other ones, but these fans were not. How do I explain this? WWF fans don't give a fuck about wrestling fans. (laughs) I mean, sorry. Yeah, and it was hosted by Jim Ross and Sonny. They hosted this thing, and the wrestlers honored were Gene Kanitsky. There's Jack Briscoe, who's considered the greatest scientific wrestler of all time. One of, one of. Yes. Then there was Dory Funk Jr., Harley Race. Obviously, most of us know who he is. They mentioned Terry Funk, which I thought was intriguing because Vince name-dropped ECW when Terry Funk came out, and I went, what? He did, and I will say one thing. Terry Funk is my favorite wrestler of all time, Vinny knows it. Yes, but I was like, okay, why are, do name drop ECW? Why, why? During this time, they, they name dropped Smoky Mountain later in the year. Well, yeah, but that's different. Smoky Mountain's, no offense, but Smoky Mountain's not like a competition to WWE. ECW was. Well, fuck you, they sold more tickets than ECW did. I'm, I'm, no, I'm saying they weren't a threat because Cornette used Smoky Mountain to bring people into WWE. That's true. So that's it was true. not a threat. They weren't like going to put them out of business. <laughs> no, they weren't. You're Okay. Not that ECW would either, but that ECW was considered competition. Anyway, then you got Luthez, and uh, I'm going to have another moment here that's going to make uh, Gator very uncomfortable. Now, for some reason, this is going to be very confusing, because there's going to be a... I'm going to break kayfabe here for a second. There is a certain review coming out on the 4th of July. Oh, God. That made Gator very uncomfortable. No. I'm about to make, about about to to make him uncomfortable it. again by saying these words. I have all the respect in the world for Luthez. Oh, God. But... Fuck you, JR. Hogan is the Babe Ruth of wrestling. Go eat a dick. Mr. Woodruff, no. I'm saying. Sorry. No. Babe Ruth of wrestling. No. What fucking fantasy world, what boomer sooner fantasy world is your Oklahoma ass living in? The real world. Vince wants you to think. Vince wants you to think Hulk Hogan is the is the Babe Ruth of wrestling, but he's not. He's not. Don't don't listen to the hype. Oh, yes, the fuck he is. No. So, yeah, JR, you can, you can take your ego to the fucking door, my friend. That was a bunch of slobber knocker bullshit. Some of us still got to work. I know. So I'm saying, fuck that. I heard that. I went, no, go for yourself. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> And you because know. I because I totally don't agree with this, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and then it ended with Luthes promo- is the greatest scientific worker of our time. I'm not well, taking anything away from his talent, time, but, but anyway, I'm not taking anything away from his talent. But the Babe Ruth of wrestling, he is not. Mister Bruce really no. He's not. He's not. I'm not saying okay. Luthes <laughs> sucks. I'm not saying he's not a great worker. I'm not saying he's, he's not a legend or an icon. He is all of those things. But the oh Babe Ruth God. of wrestling, he's he the is babe, not. He's the Babe Ruth. No, he ain't. No, he's he ain't. the Babe Ruth. Hogan is the Hank Anderson. No, the Hank no. Aaron. 
no, no, uh uh-uh. no fucking way. We ain't fitting to nope, nope. Don't do this. I will no, we ain't fitting People, I ain't fitting to live in that I ain't fitting to live in that I ain't fitting to live in that fantasy world. Uh uh-uh, uh, no way. And then and to top it all off, we got the promoter Sam Mushnick, which confuses me sometimes because apparently he has the same last name as a certain journalist that hates pro wrestling. You might have saw him in the steroid trial episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I know uh, Cornette ripped him a new asshole a while back. So did I. It was a uh, Phil Mushnick. I, I got I always got those two confused for the longest time because I'm like I would hear Mushnick and I would go, is he related to Phil? Which one? No, oh, he's not, the, no relation. No relation. No relation. Okay, that just confused Sam, me. Sam Mushnick was the promoter in St. Louis yeah. that ran most of the end. NWA shows and was completely and utterly the biggest politician, the biggest man, celebrity. I mean, there were people that didn't even like wrestling, presidents, uh, city council, things of that nature. If they wanted something done or they wanted something promoted, they went through Sam Mushnick because he knew how to promote. I believe it. I mean, St. Louis wrestling is a whole different. This is that that historical shit that I love. But anyway. Yeah. So we had this moment here and some fans liked it. Other fans were like, "Yeah, can we can we get back to the to the pay per view?" I would not have done this on a WWE show, a WCW show, maybe, but not a WWF show. Oh, I know. I went to a WWE show one time, and during a commercial break, they tried to bring out Chief J Strombo, and not a single person in the crowd gave a single fuck about him. It was the most embarrassing most thing of, I'd ever seen. Most of them don't. I mean, I did because the, I I knew what, his name. And what's sad is, what's sad is, is J Strongbo made his fucking the bulk of his money in WWF. I know. It's insane. Um, so anyway, so we get through the St. Louis thing, you know, everybody being honored. Uh, and then we cut to the next match of the evening for the Intercontinental Championship. This title was vacant. A vacant mm. title. It had Because a- of uh, Stone Cold's injury. Yes, his injured neck. So they were holding a tournament to crown a new champion. So Brian Pillman uh, was supposed to face Dude Love. Um, then, then, of course, Brian Pillman was supposed to face Owen Hart. That ended up not happening. So Owen Hart obviously goes to the finals. Then you got Farouk, who beat Ken Shamrock. Then he beat Ahmed Johnson. Now he's in the finals, so we get the final match here. And, of course, Stone Cold comes out, and basically they're telling him, is he going to hand the belt over to the winner? Is he going to do all this? And Austin basically said, you know, Stone Cold does what he wants, when he wants. He, he comes, So he comes out to present the title to the winner. He rings the bell. Uh, he grabs Vince McMahon's headset, starts talking shit. He literally gives Vince the headset back as we commence with this final match, Farouk versus Owen Hart. <laughs> This was two heels. This was what? Two heels. Yes. Two heels working. The only reason this worked is because it was in a tournament setting. But it was it was okay. I mean, it's 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 Owen Hart, so it's going to be technically found anyway. Yeah, but it was it was a great match. It was it was good, but it just threw me off to have the two heels. Maybe they were trying to do something different. It was it was just that threw me off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then we end with Steve Austin and that whole debacle. Yeah. The ref gets distracted, um, and then Austin hits for. Farouk with the title. Owen pins him for the win. Austin throws the title into the ring and he walks off, but not yep. before grabbing like the Spanish headset and fucking around with Tito. And then yeah, that was great. That was that was great. He said something in Spanish and Stone Cold goes, "What he said?" Then he went over to the French announce table and basically said, <laughs> "Yeah." And he basically said he'll be at Survivor Series next month in Montreal. So um, and now of course all this is going on. I have one question that that needs to be answered. Question: Yes. Where the fuck was the nation? Um. <laughs> 
They're coming up. At no point in this match did the nation think, oh, our fearless leader is getting fucked. We should go help him. Do it with me, children. Do it with me. Psychology. Unless you think about it and you think, well, he's the leader of the nation and he wanted to show them how strong he was, but I, I don't know. It doesn't, I mean, I get that it doesn't part. work unless you show it. It doesn't work unless you show it. Yeah, but I get, you know, wanting to go out there on your own and fight the match. I'm saying, you know, you're getting cheated. Go out there, back up your guy. I thought that was, so I thought that was dumb. But anyway, so we get through like this. Said, it doesn't work unless you show it. Exactly. And they, they made no sense. In the end, Owen Hart becomes the Intercontinental Champion. And of course, he's got the Owen 316 says I just broke your neck shirt and it which is if you know the story behind that you know it's uncomfortable to look at Jesus Christ when you know the story between Owen and how unprofessional this shit really is oh and all the bullshit oh my yeah. god with all the bullshit surrounding this whole thing it was this was not Owen's finest hour let's just say yeah. that <laughs> and on that note we move on to the next match of the evening now this is another match that was booked for filler due to the death of Brian Pillman we have an eight man tag match the disciples of the Apocalypse versus the Los Boricuas. This was a goddamn mess, and it is not their fault for it. Oh, my God. Uh, here's a problem I have, okay? Well, well, before, before you say this, do you know what happened to them? No. They were told in five minutes, get dressed, you're going out to work. They had to call 90% of this in the ring. All right, well, here's my problem, ladies and gentlemen, with this man. I can't tell who's who. I, I don't I'm, disagree. I'm as because lost. It's because it's, it's the 90s, so, of course, you know, Vince is, is, you know, faction pal, you know. But I can't tell who's who or what's what in this match. I'm as lost as an illegal immigrant at a vote for Trump rally. I ain't got a shit in oh my God. what the fuck's going on. There's boots, there's fists, there's clotheslines, there's a one-armed military press slam, uh, the Buick was dominated for a while, faction warfare it, it, breaks it was out. A, it was a complete total clusterfuck, and I do not blame these guys for it. Yeah, I mean, Crush is a big boot, Rev's distracted, Buick hit the DDT, Crush kicks out, Crush nailed a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, and that's the end of the match. It was not well, I, li- I listened to Bruce Pritchard talk about this show, and, and he said that this match was literally put together in five minutes, but it shows it was put together in five. Yeah, it was literally like, yeah, we got to figure this shit out. So it's like, hey, but hey, guys, go put it together. I mean, this ain't Flair and fucking Steamboat where you, you know, you're not going to get that out of. <laughs> yeah, they, they these let's, these guys were not experienced enough to call a damn thing. Well, and it also hurts too that all the Bariqua guys are from the Lucha Libre backgrounds, so they're not used to working with guys that aren't luchadors. Okay, but yeah, it's just it was all over the place. It was disorganized. It lasted nine minutes and eleven seconds. Along this match. It was a fucking clusterfuck. But it ain't the biggest clusterfuck of all. Nope. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the next match of the evening. God help us all. Uh, we have a tag team flag match. Flag. 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 Yes, we had to verify that for the audience. A tag team flag match. We have Bret Hart and the British Bulldog versus the Patriot and Vader. And here's the thing. The stipulations for this match. Well, hold on. The stipulations for this match and the stipulations for a flag match are two different things. So yes. go ahead. You can win by capturing your country's flag or by pinfall or submission. And that was apparently thrown in because one or two of the guys were either injured or sick. 
Yeah, like usually it's supposed to be capture the flag, and that's how you win. You get your country's flag. Now yeah, your flag stands superior. Now apparently Vader got in trouble for cursing. <laughs> Vader's promo at the beginning. The best. I will. I shall now reenact it. It is time for promo theater with Gator Ricky Ross. Go ahead. The best ever was. The best ever is. The best ever is gonna be. That's all bullshit. This has been promo theater with Gator Ricky Ross. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh boy. You can see that they were not comfortable. Vince McMahon was not comfortable. Vince goes, uh, well. Well, we're, we're, we're going to have to move on now and get ready for the, all the action. And then, here's another thing I noticed. Some people might have caught this if you ever watch it. When the Patriots came out to the ring, did that theme song sound familiar? I don't know, Mr. Bujarelli, but he sucked, he sucked. <laughs> It was Kurt Angle's theme. It was. And people forget that. That used to be the Patriots theme song. It is the Patriots theme and became Kurt Angle's theme later in life. Yes. Because obviously, you know, by that time, the Patriot was gone. And you know, he was... now he is very, very gone. Bless you, Will. Yes. Del Wilkes. Um, of course, a, uh, WCW was a two-time tag team champion with uh, my client, Buff Bagwell. They were Stars and Stripes. And I noticed at one point, Vince keeps calling Vader the Mastodon. Yes. And this reminded me of an old story that Cornette told. They tried to change Vader's name to the Mastodon. And Cornette's like, it's fucking Vader. He's an established name from all over the world. Well, we can sell it. He's a great big Mastodon. Fuck. Brought to you by the same people that brought you Mantar. <laughs> And Bastion Booger. So fuck, I can I can handle Bastion Booger, but Mantar. <laughs> God Mantar. damn. So, yeah, and of course, um, the Hart Foundation come out of the. Yeah, the heels answer. went over. Wow. Yeah, the heels went over. And um, here's the thing that I thought was weird: the, there are flags already <laughs> hung up by the ring, and yet each team brought their own flag to the ring. Why? Because they needed something to hit each other with. Now, now some people are freaking out watching this, going. He hit him with the flag. And I don't want... Do you want to go into this? Why people get pissed off about flag matches? Well, yeah, because they don't like to see anything damage done to the American flag or the Canadian flag. Everybody looks at rules of a flag because they keep forgetting that wrestling is meant to be entertainment. Right. Fucking morons. I had to talk about this on the regular guys show years ago when, <laughs> when Cena and Rusev had their flag match. I had to explain this shit on the radio because there were people out there literally I, 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 writing all the I list of things they did wrong to the flag. It's a show. Yeah. Okay. You can't. Here's the epitome of. This is boot rant now. Gotta say this shit right now. Okay. Got a problem here. This is what pisses me off about people. When people try to tell me, you know, why you watch wrestling? Wrestling's all fake. Blah 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 blah. But yet, when shit like this happens, you get triggered and lose your fucking minds. So what is it? Is it real or is it fake? What do you want to say? Because you can't tell me this is all fake and I'm stupid for liking it, but then get pissed off when they do inappropriate shit. But yet, you'll watch a movie or a TV show where a person gets raped and you don't look at the actor and go, he's a rapist. No, you don't. You went, wow, great acting. That's pretty much what you're seeing here. Wow, great acting. So either acknowledge wrestling as the sport that it is, or shut your fucking mouth. 
Rant over. Okay, so... Jesus Christ. I don't know, Gator. Was that too much? No, because I don't disagree, but anyway. Okay, so now, Vader and Patriot get in the ring. The bell rings, officials start the match. And King says, just run up and grab the flag. Which makes logical sense. Well, here's my thing. If we're doing if we're doing these other things because people are hurt and sick, then why not make this match shorter, find another way to have the time, and then, you know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Just have somebody run up and grab the flag. Ta-da. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. Vince, with all his knowledge and wisdom, brings back believability to the match. He says, well, Brett and the Bulldog have to get in for it to officially start. Something. Thank you. So, and then, of course, we get all, you know, they're going for the flag. They get stopped. Going for the flag. They get stopped. Blah, blah, blah. Going back and forth. It's fucking insane throughout this entire match. And, of course, at one point, Brett lost in the sharpshooter. Vader grabs the rope. So, this was a very good, well-done match. Like, the Patriots showing how the great... Match, the match itself does not suck. It just goes way too fucking long. Yeah, it was 23 minutes and 13 seconds. It didn't need to... Of my life, I can't get back. Exactly. This was way too fucking long. Way too unnecessary. And then, and then of course, Brett at one point low blows the Patriot while the ref checks on him. Brett decks Vader with the ring bell. Calls it American Justice. And then, uh, at one point... Here's the funny thing. Did you see the fan jump the guardrail? Yes. The mark jumps the fucking guardrail. And Mike Kyoto and the Bulldog beat him down and get him out of there so security can get rid of him. Kyoto fucking kills him. Oh, God, yeah. That's the thing people forget. It's that when the fan jumps the guardrail, even the referee's allowed to fucking throw. Anybody, even if I'm in the if I'm in the ring as a, as a fucking the manager, the ring announcer, if you jump, we can all your ass. Your ass is great. Because Vinny, Vinny knows what happens. Vinny, what happens when you jump? You die. What, what, do, we tell, what do we tell everybody? Do not jump the guardrail. We will fuck you up. Yes, but what do you and I tell the boys? What what do the boys say when that shit happens? All bets are off. All bets are off. Now, that being said, may I address something? Go ahead. Do not be an idiot. Heels, listen to listen to Uncle Gator. Don't be an idiot and pick a, a cornbread fucking farm boy and flick his hat off. <laughs> Do not pick the biggest fucking cornbread, drink the milk out of the fucking cow, raw, damn, big ass, fucking hay bale chucking, damn redneck, and flick his hat off. Because there's only two things in this world that he loves. His wife slash sister and his fucking John Deere hat. You don't do that stupid shit. No, you don't. Jesus Christ. Never put your hands on the marks. Vinny, how many times have you and I had the conversation of always have your head on a fucking swivel when you're out there? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because you don't know who got a gun, a knife, ice pick. Exactly. It's like they, everybody in that fan knows Mexican judo. Yeah, yeah, but maybe it's me because I come from the old school, but I was always taught you don't get close to that fucking rail for nothing. Yeah. You don't get close to that rail for nothing. Yeah. I don't know about you. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know sometimes wrestlers get thrown into it, but as far as that, just that, walking... that, That's different. That's different. If you ever watch, majority of the time it's the baby face and the heels wailing on him, but the baby face will turn so the heels hitting on him and nobody can get hit. They have to go over the baby face to get to the heel. And they don't want to do that because they're hitting the baby face. That's modern shit. You know, now that I think about it, that's so fucking true. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to every match. It's like, wow, the baby face always hit the guardrail. Fuck. Yes. Or, and if the heel hit him if the heel hits the guardrail nine times out of ten people won't fuck with him because the baby face started getting it and they yeah. don't want to mess it up with the baby face but most of the time the baby face is actually shielding the heel from okay. the attack okay so now that you've addressed the situation may i address one? Oh god okay um and this is a message i also want to give um to all the um valets and managers out there um could you guys please 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 
cookies with sugar on top and ice cream in the middle and a cherry to finish it all off. Please. Don't dare the fans to step up and try to fight you. God damn. Okay, you know, you know, you know I got in trouble at my first show I ever did for that. You did? I did. I got in trouble, and I'm gonna tell you why I got in trouble. My grandfather saw me do it, and he beat the fucking shit out of me when I hit the locker room. Oh. Don't you ever let me see you do that shit again. Yeah. That's how you get fucking killed. And also, let me give y'all another additional piece of advice. Vinny, v- Vinny's not stupid dude, when it comes to this. He may have only managed a couple handful of matches. At least, Vinny, Vinny and I have had these conversations. At, if you're going to do, and if you're, and if you're going to be stupid enough to do this, mm-hmm. you're not least, Paul Heyman. At the very least. Have the common courtesy for yourself and the well-being of everyone in the ring to antagonize the person when there's a fucking barricade. When there's a barricade. There's literally, I saw a video of a woman, a, a, a very plus-sized valet, which I don't, you don't yeah. see often in wrestling. I think I sent you this video. You might have. I saw it before you sent it to me. I saw it before you sent it to me. Because a referee friend of mine in the business sent it to me first. Um, yeah. He's a guy I used to work with at a place that I don't speak of. But we're still yes. But he yes, and I are friends. Anyway. So, but anyway, so, and so there's, there's this plus-sized girl in a black dress, sparkles and shit. And she's doing the Rocky, just bring it, come on, whatever. Yeah. I dare you. Come on. Just kind of like waving her over. And this girl gets out of her chair. and This little crowny damn hillbilly chick. Can, can, can I tell a story, please? Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. So he she decks him. Cold clock decks this girl. Now there's a fight breaking out. There's a scuffle. At this moment, apparently there's a female wrestler in the match. She jumps on the girl, the fan, and starts beating down on her, obviously. And then a guy gets up out of his chair, decks the female wrestler, and gets her off of her. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I want to say about all this. Everybody's had their then, then the fucking male jumps on his ass. I didn't see that part. Okay, that might have cut off before that, but yeah. But here's what I want to say about this. I'm going to say about all this. I 100% blame the valet for all this. And I'm going to tell you why. She shouldn't have started shit, and the fans shouldn't have jumped the guardrail. I mean, not jumped the guardrail, but ran up on her, because there's no guardrail. Now, you can't get mad at the female wrestler, because she's defending a sister in the business. But, here's the other problem. You can't get mad at the male either, because if that's his girlfriend, that's a man defending his woman. You I don't know. It was Georgia, so that might have been his sis, but um, Maybe, I don't know. Whatever. Point is, if that's his woman, you can't get mad at him for doing that because I'm gonna tell you why. Because if he don't take the ass whooping now, he's gonna take one way. Exactly. Because he's gonna be the guy that went. You just sat there and let your girl get her ass kicked. You ain't no real man, you know, or whatever. So you know, it's the same shit Will Smith's going through now. The point is, <laughs> is that you can't get mad at him. You can't. You can only Which get way? mad at the valet because that's the thing. The man is always obligated. This, this is one of the responsibilities of being in a relationship that most men don't want to have, but you have to have it. Yes, because your woman will start bullshit that you yes. don't want to do. If you have to defend your woman, even if your woman is 150% in the wrong, you have to defend her in that moment and then yep. wait till you're in the car driving home before you go, bitch, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Yeah, we're in handcuffs now and we're going to the who's gal, but... Yeah, now, that's what I'm saying. Let it be known that I... St- I did my job and I defended you out there, but now that it's alone, you and you, I can say the truth, which is use a stupid yes. bitch. You use a stupid bitch. In both of these situations, the talent's fucked up. Yes. Both situations. In the situation that I was referring to, where the where the heel wrestler flipped off one of the cornbread fed damn hillbillies hats, he he broke the delineation of the barricade. 
You do not do that. Yeah. In Vinny's situation, that was a mud show and somebody was being an idiot. Yeah, don't do that shit. You can you yell. Yo, you can, here's the thing. You can talk shit, but yeah. you don't dare them to come. You don't, you don't say, come on over, come fight me, whatever. You don't do it's that. Required. It's required. See, but they see these videos. I don't know. I think I've showed you some of the videos of Paul Heyman doing it. Well, yeah, but here's the difference. Paul Heyman has it set up with that security guard and his boys to grab him while he's doing this. Yeah, the Usos grabbed him. The Usos grab him. They know what to do. Roman Reigns grabs him. He knows what to do. That security guard also knows that Paul's not going to get anywhere near that fucking Mark, and that Mark won't get anywhere near Paul. Yeah, they, are, they have so it set up that way. Just because you see somebody do something don't mean you know how to do it. Hell, even in ECW, Bubba Ray Dudley had his shit together before he caused the fucking riot and shit. Yeah. He even knew he even knew his limitations. Sometimes he go a little bit. He 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 never crossed the line, but he danced over that motherfucker a few times. Well, I've been there. But I'm just saying. But overall, you do not. If you're a fan, you jump the guardrail. You deserve to get your ass beat. If you're a wrestler and you go over the guardrail, you deserve to get your ass beat. Well, like I said, do not pick a fight with a cornbread. Now, like I say, because I am one of the boys. Yes, you are. I will defend. I will defend the boys regardless. But trust me when we I tell you, I'll be. I'll be that guy in the locker room walking up to you going, you stupid fuck, look what you did. See, but if you have the balls as a fan, as a mark, to come across that rail, don't be mad if the ring announcer gets you like Justin Roberts did that fucking fan at, at AEW. <laughs> don't don't be mad if the referee starts kicking your ass. Don't be mad if one of the boys tackles you. It might be the baby face you're trying to help. Yeah, hell, it could be a heel. That happened with Austin and Triple H. This one guy tried to attack Austin, and Triple H was selling the stunner, but as soon as he jumped on Austin, Triple H immediately popped his ass back up, grabbed him, took down. And Austin didn't even get mad because he knew the reason he buried the stunner was to save his ass. I told you about the time that uh, a Mark tried to jump my grandfather, and then me, my cousins, my uncle, and my brother. By the way, my brother and I are feuding at this time in kayfabe. Okay. And we all jumped the fucking ring, so... So do know you're not only ro- ruining the show for yourself, you're ruining it for everybody else. Exactly. So not smart. Not smart at all. So anyway, um, Brett basically reverses a roll-up, grabs the tights for the win, anticlimactic. Patriot snaps, beats the shit out of Bret Hart. Bader has to restrain him from wanting to kill Brett. Brett picks up the American flag and throws it. Wrestling. <laughs> so then we move on. I guess we can move on now. Yes. To the main event of the evening. Yes. This is a Hell in a Cell match, and the winner of this match becomes the number one contender for the WWE title and faces Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Oh! By the way, by the way, that Survivor Series that they're talking about is that Survivor Series. Yes, it's that one. Um, It's the one that we're going to be uncomfortable as fuck talking about. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's the first ever Hell in a Cell match in WWE history, the debut of Kane, and Hunter gets cut off before he can talk, but this main event, ladies and gentlemen, features the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, versus the Phenom, The Undertaker. As much as I hate Shawn Michaels, you can really tell that he is the king of facial expressions and psychology and body language in this. He is, yes. Just little sudden head movements, like the it's all like the whole world is coming down on him and he doesn't know what to do. Exactly. So good. It's it tells that story so well. Yes. This match makes worth sitting and watching this entire fucking show. It is truly worth it. And these guys brought the fight to each other. Yeah. 
and I think a lot of people hold this esteem, not just because it is the first one, probably in my mind, with the exception of Foley and The Undertaker, this is the best one. You think it was the best one? With the exception of Foley and The Undertaker, yeah. Better than some other ones where certain things happen. <laughs> We're talking to you, WrestleMania yeah. 15. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. But, um, you know, throughout this match, like, Undertaker dominated most of it. Sean was eventually able to regain offense, and then, of course, they actually fought in the cell and out of the cell. So that was another interesting thing. The storyline with the cameraman kind of, as weird as it was, it made sense. Yeah, like, yeah, like, why would the cameraman be in that spot if someone's like... Why would he be in the way Shawn Michaels telling his family, I'm sorry? Him getting frustrated because Shawn Michaels was a fucking diva, like like Ricky the... I mean, Dragon. Yeah, and and then, like, they even fought on top of the cell. And then, of course, uh, Michaels falls through, hits a Spanish announce table. Um, Yes, Olay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was violent. There were spots, but everything was timed perfectly. Um, that's how you properly would do something like that. And then at one point, HBK cusses out another cameraman. Yeah, audibly. Yes. Um, and then the crowd's chanting, rest yeah, in peace. Yeah, but the difference between him and Vader is Shawn Michaels is a fucking prick. Yes. <laughs> Vader's just really into his gimmick. Yeah. And then what? another thing is, is that H, when HBK gets busted open, it's the receipt for busting up Taker on Raw. And what I love about Hell in a Cell matches, and we're going to get into this on another pay-per-view review, is just the the way they the way they use, like, they like, throw the guy in like a battering ram against the cell. They use the cell so well to inflict pain. It's done in a way that really sells the fact that the cell is dangerous, unlike today, when it doesn't sell the fact that the cell is dangerous. Yeah. But that's a different story for a different time children okay we're good there yeah blood blood in wrestling to me has always been a necessity yeah but you know (laughs) other people don't agree yeah and then like uh like at one point yeah like taker getting tied up in the ropes hbk using that which is a spot that i always like seeing it's a great way for big men to sell that normally don't sell yeah that's a very good spot and then um he eventually breaks free backdrops hbk that's when he lands on the cameraman and then he snaps and beats up the cameraman throws him in another part of the cell and calls him a piece of shit which by the way different cameraman than the other guy so there's at least three different cameramen in this match that got disrespected they get fucked on yeah they get fucked on a lot in this match um it's specifically by Shawn Michaels yeah and then um like I said they eventually get back in the cell they padlock the door and then HBK is HBK is bleeding profusely and he cracks HBK in the head he sends us with a tombstone pile driver and that's when the lights go out and we hear and then all of a sudden out comes Kane. Yes. With Paul Bear. My God, it's Kane. It's gotta be Kane. JR with the classic call here, even though Benny doesn't like JR. <laughs> I don't hate JR. I just call him out when he does dumb shit. Um, I mean, I, I look, look, I have my own, I have my own things that I want to say later. Yeah. Like, he rips the door off the hinges, <laughs> and of course, that was why this, they had to be, if you notice with the door throughout the entire match, they had to be very careful. Like, they had to treat the, 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 the door with kid gloves. Like, they, they had to be because it because it was gimmicked for Kane to rip that some bitch off. Yes, and then in the way he did, and then he throws Hebner in into the, the cell. He and here's what makes this moment so legendary: not just the fact that it's a debut of Kane, and not just the fact that Kane has a Michael Myers like vibe to him. It's because when he stares down the Undertaker, you see something with the Undertaker you never ever ever 
never saw up to this point. Emotion. Not even that. Fear. That's he never had That's fear true. in his well, eyes. I don't know before. if I would really call it fear, or if I would call it more or less emotion of because at that at that particular time they weren't saying they weren't calling it wasn't really fear it was more like he's seen a ghost which is fucking scary which is fear yeah you're right exactly like and that's why he's scared not just the fact that it's not because he's Kane and he's and he's like his height his height it's also this motherfucker's supposed to be dead yes back when wrestling could give you the storylines of dying in a fucking fire yes <laughs> exactly and people believed it and it went great so then uh Kane does the pyro from the ring post the lights come back on because that iteration of Kane was the scariest to me yes he then nails Taker with a tombstone pile driver Kane I don't and- know about you when you were a kid because how old were you when were you watching the Federation at the time no I was I was on the WCW side of things I wasn't watching this life you weren't there yet no in fact okay. I'm gonna be brutally honest this was my first time seeing the full match from start to finish all I wow, ever saw okay. from this was Kane's I mean, debut you're, you're not really being brutally honest I mean you were watching the other product but I'm saying I never I, like, there's certain pay-per-views I've gone back and watched I've never seen this Hell in a Cell match before ever. Wow. all I saw from this was the Kane debut that I, you would see in classic footage over and over and over again but I never saw this actual match the only reason I even oh, knew yeah, HBK won was because when they fought at Wrestlemania 25 HBK referenced the fact you've never beaten me one on one that's the only reason I knew because he didn't yes and then of course that's why after Tombstone Kane and Paul Bearer leave the crowd is booing mercilessly the crowd doesn't even know what to think I talked to somebody that was actually in the crowd during this show and he said we knew something wasn't right well, he said but we thought Bret Hart was gonna be the one that was gonna fuck up Shawn Michaels' life well yeah but here's the thing though there's a reason why that this is happening the reason is because you know, people are booing because Taker's getting fucked. That's enough of a reason for crowds mm-hmm. to boo. So, and then HBK crawls over Taker, he covers him, and the ref counts the one, two, three, and then Triple H, China, and Rick Rude come out to help HBK up and carry him to the back. Exactly. And then this sets up for, for good old Montreal. <sighs> Which that will be discussed at a later date whenever we get to that pay-per-view. We don't know when, we don't know where, but I'm sure eventually we're gonna get to it. But um Gator, before we wrap up this uh pay-per-view review, um I'm gonna get and I'm gonna give you the platform here because one of the things we talked about on Bad Blood was the fact that this was the night that uh Brian Pillman passed away. Now yeah. Desmond, Elvis, and myself covered Brian Pillman on Dark Side of the Ring. So we've already shared our thoughts on Brian Pillman. Gator, is there any thoughts you want to share about the life and career of Brian Pillman? before we wrap this up uh brian pillman was an incredible athlete gone way too fucking soon i agree and his his namesake that is continuing his career is also a a phenomenal athlete but the kid needs some work so to those that are helping him help him he's just trying to carry along his daddy's legacy let's not forget that when other members of society try to break into the business amen uh on that note ladies and gentlemen we are going to wrap up this uh review of bad blood 1997 and uh gator as always i thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and uh i look forward to talking to you on the next one mm-hmm. all right so uh make sure you guys uh follow the booch cast we are on anchor spotify 
Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Check out the latest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment that dropped. We got that up there as well as uh, my uh, video of me singing I'm Still Standing, some karaoke on there. So, By, by, by the way, side note, Mr. Buccarelli, you killed that shit. You killed it like Starbucks. Thank you. Appreciate it. I bet all the women loved you doing that. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Oh, they enjoyed it. They enjoyed it very much. Um, Can I say that or is that not okay? I mean, it's kind of funny because uh, Britney didn't sing that. I mean, everybody loves Britney Spears. Yes, they do now. Um, So check that out on the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Go to our YouTube channel. Check out all of our video content, exclusive video content on that page. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you know when uh, upcoming videos will be posted. I know we got a couple we're going to be filming with Gators soon that's going to be on there. And uh, one of them he likes, the other one he doesn't. I don't give a fuck. We're still doing it either way. Uh, but we got Mr. Bujarelli. Yes, it was shit stain. Uh, yes, it was. So make sure you guys follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next one will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. Uh, we're trying to figure out where we're going to do it. We might do it in Nashville or we might do it here in Georgia. We'll figure that out. Uh, I got to talk to the team and talk to Buff and figure out how we're going to organize all that shit. But either way, there'll be a watch party on Saturday, July the 30th, 8 p.m. Also, we got our uh, I will be there. Yes, we got our live uh, D&D show coming out later this year as well. We got the uh, the Boochcast booking battle will be coming soon between myself and Elvis Delinsky. We're still trying to work that out. Um, and then, of course, we also have another special uh, piece of content that will be coming soon. We're working out the final kinks, but when it's ready, you'll love it. Uh, but also, um, <laughs> make sure you guys uh, support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation donation to help sustain future episodes we have three levels you can donate at one level is for 99 cents per month this is the level for people who don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to put a little skin in the game and help us out uh we, we understand that you guys are hard-working men and women out there we would never ask you guys to break the bank or sacrifice a payment or feel pressured or obligated to donate money to the show if you're not able to do so uh, if all you can do is listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know you're still helping us out a great deal and we greatly appreciate it but if you still want to help us out the 99 cents level is for you why is that it's 99 cents. You're not going to miss it, but it'll help us out a great deal because every little bit helps the Boochcast team to grow, evolve, and thrive. But if you got extra money, you can donate. Uh, you can go to the second level, which is for $4.99 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. The cock. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. And we got the, the third, cock. Yes, and we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. Then $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. The option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some way, shape, or form. We use to upgrade our equipment. We use to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work anchor.fm slash the slash support is how you make that happen and then if there's any money
money left over. When it's all said and done, we use the rest of it to feed Zach ramen noodles, and we try to get him laid. And God knows that's a hard task. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. And I'm the Gator, and I'll see you later. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu. Bon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.